Hello and welcome to another Mega Bros podcast. My name is Danny. And I'm Donnie. And Donnie, we've uh, been a little quiet on the football front, you know, try to not dominate the airways of football because we could. We could probably do it Absolutely. every week. I we think. could talk about <laughs> football 24 7. Uh, so I think, you know, that the Patriots going into their bye week, it uh, might be a good idea to start talking about them bitches again. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting there at 5-4. and four. You know, we're about halfway through the season because it's 17 games now, because why the fuck did we do this again? Of course, why not? <laughs> I, I'm going to complain about that every year until the, the end of time. Like, you know, my grandkids are going to be like, Grandpa, we know, shut up and take you, like, <laughs> Android food. <laughs> when it's 19 games at that point. Oh, my God. Like, it, I gotta hate prime numbers. It's <laughs> so annoying. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> so, in any case, so here we are. Like you said, um... You know, we're at the bye week. What is, what's your overall opinion? If you had to give them a grade at this point, what would you say? I think you're looking at a solid C-. minus. You know, yeah. I, I think you're looking at a team that has played to probably, like, expectations. But that's the problem. The expectations are low because they did not set the table for success in the offseason. Um, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing that we look at is the coaching staff. You know, I, we... We've said it a bunch of times. Um, I wouldn't hire Matt Patricia to run a Dairy Queen, and they hired him to run the offense. They handed him the keys to Mac Jones's future, and his first reaction was, let me crash this into a tree. Yeah, and, and we can get to Mac Jones later, and I certainly have some criticism there, but I, I do think the, the, the albatross around this season is Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator. I, I just... I. We talked about it until I was blue in the face, and I didn't get it at the time, and I certainly don't get it now. And I just think, you know, especially when you're going into your highly drafted, you know, quarterback second year, you need some stability, or you just need a coach that can coach them. And very clearly, it's not Matt Patricia. I mean, around the league, you you see what a bright offensive mind can do. We saw it in week one with Mike McDaniel. Um, now, I just want to point out that Tyreek Hill is still an utter piece of shit, and I refuse to say anything positive about him. Um, but Mike McDaniel has been coordinating the hell out of that offense. You know, you see it with Shanahan, who just, you know, keeps churning through running backs like they're popcorn. You know, I, you know, McVay, Zach Taylor, not not having the best year, but you know that they can still scheme shit up and, and from time to time. Tom Brady has to be his own offensive coordinator. He seems to be doing all right with it now. You know, but, like, that's kind of the whole thing. Is like you're, you're seeing that... When these coaches don't know what they're doing, the success is not there anymore. You know, it, the Chiefs stay in it every year because Andy Reid knows how, what to do to keep Patrick Mahomes on schedule. You know, Josh Allen, you know, barring this most recent week, stays on schedule because the Bills have have surrounded him with a team and a coaching staff that wants to, like, maximize his skill set. As opposed to Matt Patricia, who's worried about whether people are standing up straight. Like, I, I, I just... We talked about it a lot in the offseason, and, and and I, like, I'll freely admit, I was a little more conciliatory towards Bill for this move than I should have been. Um, you know, I, I, but as we kind of talked about in the pre-show, I think if you look at it objectively, it's a 90-10 move. 90% chance this flames out doesn't work because Matt Patricia has never called plays in his life. Right. There's a 10% chance that he's an absolute fucking savant at it, and now you have a, a, a Detroit is paying your wonder kind of off, offensive coordinator, you know, which be great. But guess what? That didn't happen. Um, Matt Patricia can't scheme himself out of a wet paper bag. And another thing I would, I would say that I think is a factor here. So, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been freely admitting that I will, uh, you know, criticize Belichick when I feel the need to, 
and literally all the time <laughs> just about all the time this is gonna sound stronger than i mean it to i don't believe that the game has passed him by yet if there was one part of the game that i think may have it's how he deals with and thinks about the quarterback i th- i think he believes it to be another position that he can sort of plug someone in there or or coach him up or you know you have to do what i tell you and it'll work and mac jones is a younger millennial whatever generation he's in quarterback who probably shouldn't be handled that way which is not a culture war thing say what you want but i just don't know if bill has fully adapted to the younger player and taken the quarterback position as seriously as he should so he looks at is technically a zoomer too actually oh even worse i i don't even know how to talk to zoomers no they seem impossible so good luck to him (laughs) (laughs) but I, i i just think that bill probably looked at it and he's he was quoted at the beginning of the season saying good football coaches can coach well or something along the lines I butchered the quote but essentially he thought Patricia was a good coach so he could put him in any position and he would coach well obviously that didn't work Matt Matt Patricia is not a good coach and Mac Jones needed a good coach and that's not what he has yeah I think that's a that's a reasonable statement in terms of I think Mac Jones has the tools to be a proper NFL starting quarterback like a good quarterback who can win you games what he's needed to work on at this level because like i mean first of all he's regressed to absolute hell in terms of reading defenses like he ain't reading shit that man is football illiterate at this point and i don't know if it's because he's terrified because none of the offensive linemen in front of him could block you know a, a fucking blocking dummy at this point that's bad. You know, i mean and that, that's kind of the other thing here where like i i think you can put the blame on the coaching staff because I don't think that these are qualified offensive NFL coaches. I think you can put the blame on the offensive line because guess what? Matt Patricia coaches that too, apparently. And I don't know how in the modern NFL you decide that your offensive coordinator and offensive line coach need to be the same person. Like, it just, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, as someone who played offensive line in college as well, like, it just, it boggles my mind. Like, that's just not something that would happen. My line coach was always separate from my offensive coordinator because the offensive line coach is the one who's going to go over there and tell the big guys up front what the hell they're actually supposed to be doing. Half the offensive coordinators out there think that, you know, block them up is good coaching. So, you know, yeah. but I get a specific skill set. When it comes to Matt Patricia, though, and, like, I think he's a huge part of the problem. I Clearly, Joe Judge isn't doing anything great either. But, no. I mean, I also, it just seems like they do not have the horses on the line anymore. David Andrews is a very competent center. Like, he is he is a good center. I have zero issues with him. Mike Nwenu seems to be handling right guard just fine. Cole Strange looked really good as a left guard up until David Andrews went out with a concussion for two weeks, and suddenly he, again, can't block anybody. I don't know what happened there. Trent Brown apparently is not motivated this year. I, I you know, I mean... I don't know what I don't know what he's doing. Is he's just eating a bunch of pudding? I don't get it. But, uh, and <laughs> Isaiah Wynn Isaiah Wynn has just decided to completely forsake his name and do anything but win. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's had more penalty yards than we've had offensive output in some games. Yeah, and as 
I, I didn't play offensive line, so I'm not someone who's like like a student and can tell you what's going on as, as it's going. I notice Isaiah win, and I think that's the worst thing you can say about an offensive lineman to people. It absolutely is. <laughs> haven't played like, it. <laughs> for, for, for a bunch of guys who are, you know, six, six and a half feet tall and 300 pounds, noticing them is the worst thing you can do. Oh yeah, you should. You shouldn't be able to name more than five-year offensive linemen. <laughs> right, and that's and that's the whole thing. Like, and, and look, part of the problem with Win is that they moved him to the right side, and and as an as a, an offensive lineman who was moved from left tackle to right tackle when I went from high school to college, like I can tell you, it's like learning to wipe with your other hand. Like you, your entire mindset completely reverses. Like you know, you really have to put the entire thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's it's insane, but that's what training camp is for. Like it, 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 it comes to you. Like it, it, and it doesn't make you commit six false start penalties in a game, for instance. And and like you said, that that would be a hard thing for anyone, no matter what. I think if you had someone like a Dante Scarnecchia, and I, that's probably unfair because he he might have been like the best offensive line coach of all time. Like he just had a, he had a knack for doing it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't know a lot of offensive line coaches, but if you wanted to say that about Skarnecchia, I don't actually know enough to argue against it. Yeah, I don't either, so I'm not going to argue against myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but he's at least good enough. Like, that that was always kind of the feeling about Skarnecchia, is like the offensive line would probably start rocky, but by the time they got to the bye week, they would have some kind of rotation or some kind of style that they would figure it out. Like, in my mind's eye, I don't remember the Patriots ever having a, like, an absolute sieve of an offensive line like they do right now. At some they, point, yeah, they did. I like. I'm remembering. It was like 09, like 08, 09, and, and 2010. Because 2010 was when they played the Jets in the playoffs, and the Jets absolutely fucking embarrassed them up front. Oh, that's right. It's ridiculous. They went 14 and two, and then we're just like, I forget everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, there there were there were some years when they did have like a, the the offensive line was like a little like light in the shorts, so to speak. You know, where just like the you know. Yeah, they, they could they could cut block and ship it like as soon as you know you actually need them to grind someone out, they just couldn't do it. But yeah, I mean you you know, they haven't had a bad offensive line in quite some time and, and the years that they have, I mean like it's really shown up in just like a game or two. You know, I mean you want to talk about offensive line, the one that uh the one that always I come back to is the twenty fifteen AFC championship game against Denver when Ryan Stork was giving out the snap count with his friggin' head bob every play. You That's know, Von right. Miller just ate Brady for breakfast. And the, yeah, that was the game when Brady got hit like twenty times and still got up and almost tied the damn thing. Yeah, I remember that because if if they had won that game, they would have still said like, "Well, what's the point? They're all hurt." Yeah, I, yeah, because they, they, they would end up playing in Carolina and and Cam Newton always gave us absolute hell. Like I, I don't I don't know that we would have won that Super Bowl. I kind of think the Bell would, Bill would have found a way to do it in the Super Bowl, but you never know. If anyone could have, that's not what we're talking about. Today. No, no, not this time. <laughs> we could play Super Bowl what if all day though. Yeah, but but so now if we look at the team going forward, and we could bitch about the coaching staff forever, and I really haven't even gotten to build too much, but we could. <laughs> um, I, I, this it's the first year in a while that GM Bill has done just fine, and Coach Bill is kind of like, you know, out in the woods. Yeah, I, I you know I said at the beginning of the season, for as much as I hated the coaching staff, I I felt decent about the personnel. I thought like, you know, they they had a decent receiving core. Uh, their running backs were pretty strong. The defense. Judon returning, and he's been awesome so far this year. You know, he talked about he's leading the spot. NFL in sacks for God's sakes. I I thought I felt good about the personnel, and I don't know what I feel good about now going into a bye week. I think you can still feel good about the defense. Like this, this is honest to God, this is a top five NFL defense. Hmm. 
which is kind of sounds crazy. You know, you look at like their uh, their run defense in particular it has been spotty at times. But you know what I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Dan? Tell me. It's 2022. Nobody runs the ball. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> I mean, the only like if I'm caring about like an actual NFL team and the rushing defense, the only thing I care about is can you stop the quarterback runs? Like the run game is the run game. You know, at some point you fill the, you fill the gap, you hit the guy, and boom. You know, you try to get it, you try to keep him from going two, three, four yards at a time. But where this team has faltered the last few years is defending a guy like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Um, they did not look good against Jackson. They did not look good against Jackson, Justin Fields. I don't wish injury upon anybody, but I really think that Josh Allen should spend the rest of the season rehabbing at a monastery somewhere in Switzerland just for <laughs> his own safety. Yeah, I, I think at least, uh, you know, if he has to do it on the games of the Patriots, that's a play, then that would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's that's just really... The, the long and short of it is just that it is... Uh, it's tough to play defense in the modern NFL. I think that the Patriots' defense, if they're healthy, they look like they can hang with anybody. Um, you know, yeah, I, I mean, when, when, but it seems like there, there's some other players are linchpins that, like, if they, like, if Judon goes down, we're fucked. Agreed, hundred you know? percent. I'm not saying they have no pass rush without him because honestly, Dietrich Wise and Josh Uche have started to show up this year finally. Anthony yeah. Jennings is showing up. Uh, you know, Mac Wilson is all over the field. I actually, you know, again, it goes back to, I like the personnel they have, especially on defense. I do think they have a couple players that if they go down, was not good. If Judon or, you know, Duggar goes down, like those are, those are problem areas for them because they only have a couple of guys who can do what those guys do. Yeah. Players like that, I mean, they, they completely change a defense. And I agree if, if Judon goes down the the season might be over. I don't. I don't know how you come back from that on defense, but I don't know how. Like as a team, the offense hasn't proven that they can really shoulder a team. I mean, you look at the last game; the score was a blowout, but it's the Colts. Like they should have won that one. I don't know. the The way it is right now, I don't think the offense is going to carry anything. I mean, look, only two, only two teams. Wait, hold on, mate. No. Yeah, so only three teams have scored more than 21 points on them. You know, you got the pa- the Packers, the Ravens, and the Bears, and the Packers needed, you know, five quarters to do it. And I, they've got to figure out a way to stop mobile quarterbacks. Like, they, they will go nowhere in the rest of the year if they don't, because I, like, see everything that's working against them, you know. For, for all that we've said here, five and four is not a bad record to have right now. I think they should have been six and three because they should never have lost that Bears game. And really, like if Ma- if Mac was up, like I think they want they went against the Bears and the Packers. Um, I th- but I like those Dolphins and Ravens games. They they were outclassed. But you look at what they've got next. Like you know they're on the bye this week. They start again. They got the Jets at home. I do think that's a win. You know, the Jets are Jets are good this year. You know, the yep. fr- Jets are Jets good though. Like. Let's not go crowning their asses here. This is not a team that's going to make a Super Bowl run. It's the Jets. They may have already won their Super Bowl just by being 6-3, and three, so let's see where that goes. <laughs> right. I mean, that's about four more wins than I expected out of them in the first place. So, like, let's just let's give them that. But, like, really, they should beat the Jets at home. Uh, the Vikings, I... What do you think of the Vikings so far? Because they're, like, what is it, 7-1. and one. Every game they've won has been by, like, single digits. You know, by, like, by, like a, one touchdown. But, like, they've won them all. <laughs> So I, I based my whole take on the Vikings uh, for a coworker that I have who's a huge Vikings fan, loves them, and he calls them a yeah, but team. 
every day I go in and I say, I, I, on Monday I ask him, are you excited they won again? He's like, yeah, but wait until the playoffs. So just wait until Kirk gets COVID. So. <laughs> right. So like as a Vikings fan, he's just waiting for the other shoe to drop and, and do they win? So for me, do I take the Vikings seriously? It's hard to, cause they're their Vikings. Now, I, yeah, I mean, they, they are, this is a team that is known for heartbreak in a variety of soul-crushing ways. I do think that that's a tough game. I mean, if you look at, so they come out of the bye week, if if they happen to beat the Jets, I don't know if they win the Vikings game, but if they lose the Vikings game, I give them a better chance against the Bills the next week. Does that make sense? Like, I, I just think that you, you, you know, you're feeling good about yourself, come out of the bye week, maybe beat the Jets. And then the Vikings is a eight thirty game. Fuck that. It's a it's a Thanksgiving game. Oh well, I guess it's better, but still eight thirty. I'm gonna be dead. I'm gonna be dead by eight thirty on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about you, Dan. You're not playing at the game. Fuck. You're right. <laughs> and well, I don't know. I feel I feel like that's a tough game for them. I'll I'll just say that. But that's yeah. that's one of those games that that strikes me as either it's going to be a tough game or it's going to be one of those games when Belichick just brings the fucking like dark side of the force with him and you're just like oh i guess the vikings aren't a real team because the pats just absolutely plastered them <laughs> yeah that 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 could be like a season defining game for the vikings and it could go the wrong way for them <laughs> yeah i think you're right it's a season defining game for the vikings it is a chance to completely fuck up for the patriots like mm-hmm. if they win it's just, it's just the vikings if they lose then you know sound the alarm then they get the Bills at home. Another Thursday night game for some reason. Like, two Thursday night games in a row. Which oh, sounds that. like a conspiracy against the Patriots. It's gotta be. Yeah, because the second one is against the Bills at home. Mm. I mean... Alright, so here's the thing. If Josh Allen is out for the year, then this is a coin flip game. Because Case Keenum is not... Like, like I, I'm, I'm sorry. No one on that Patriots defense is shitting their pants at the thought of playing against Case Keenum. Yeah, that, that's a whole, whole different game without Josh Allen. He could be throwing to Jerry Rice, stapled onto Randy Moss, and, and I still wouldn't be afraid of him. Also, that would be a horrifying abomination of football, but... Yeah, no... And then they get the, the Cardinals for another 8-15 game on the 12th. They're at the Cardinals, so that's out in Arizona. I mean, it's a nighttime game, though, so the heat shouldn't be too bad in December. No. It should only be, like, what, 90? <laughs> Relatively <laughs> bomby for uh, Arizona. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you see, like, I, I feel like Kingsbury is the type of coach that Belichick can run circles around in his sleep. Like, th- yeah. this strikes me like the Vikings game where, like, I, even if they win this game, like, I don't know that it makes me feel better about them. No, I, I, <laughs> it's one of my personal favorite wins, types of wins, because they can win and come out of it and I can still shit on them. So I think, <laughs> I think that's, that's what I'm looking for when I wake up on December 13th. Like, yeah, they won, but it's the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just sitting there like trying to be Belichick without the coaching part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they they got to go. At, it's at the Raiders on that Saturday night, which th- that's going to be Josh McDaniels' Super Bowl because you know that like he sh- he'll show up for that mm-hmm. one, even though he can't fucking coach himself out of a wet paper bag this year either. No, he can't. I cannot believe how bad they are. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I really didn't. I, I mean, we honestly, like, we sat here and said that the entire AFC West might finish with a winning record and possibly even, like, playoff worthy. And yet, here we are in the AFC East with that problem. Yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think the AFC East at all. No, I didn't think that was happening. No. So, I mean, they're a better team than the Raiders, I would say. Mm-hmm. But if they, if the Raiders actually figure their shit out, then, mm, yeah. 
for one game they could do it, I think. And the only thing I would say is I I would hope that Belichick remembers that Denver game when he faced Josh McDaniels the first time and it did not end well. So I I would hope that like not that you know Belichick's gonna be up there on the field. But if he's going to be up and ready for one game, it's going to be that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, because it, it, it was embarrassing too. Like that was because that was that was the year that it was the 2009 because they were the Denver piss and shits. They were the <laughs> they were the Denver piss and shits. <laughs> we have <laughs> we, we have one friend who like just he doesn't watch football and he but he was there for that game and saw the brown and yellow like throwback uniforms. Was like, oh, what are they? The Denver piss and shits. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking nailed it too. <laughs> he did. He did. And and quite frankly, like that's that's who the Broncos are to me is the Denver Piss and Shits. Yeah, that forever, that forever. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I, he's got to win that game. I, yeah, and I then so. they got the Bengals at home on Christmas Eve. I don't feel great about that one. I don't feel great about it, but at the same time, like the Bengals are not. This is not the same team that went to the Super Bowl last year. No, agreed. I agree. They are Super Bowl. They are Super Bowl hungover, and I don't know that they're going to have enough to play for come Christmas time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, and then and then they close out the season with the Dolphins on New Year's and the Bills a week after that. Um. Oh my God! I hate that I'm talking myself into a playoff spot right now. God damn it! <laughs> I I. Okay, so what do you think that they, they probably have to have ten wins to get in the playoffs? Do you think? I think they need eleven, honestly, because the AFC is strong this year and the AFC East especially. So they're at five and four. They need six wins out of the out of the next. What is that? Eight. So they have to go six and two. You think like I mean in all seriousness, if you give them the two losses to the Bills, I think every single other one of those games is is winnable. I don't think they have a lot margin for error. Like I think the like I agree. If like if you go by like the, you know the quote unquote overall ratings. I think the Bills are like a 93, 94 kind of team. The Pats are like an 86 at best. But I also think that they're playing a bunch of like 85, 86, 87, 88 kind of teams. Like I don't think I don't think much of the of the Jets or the Cardinals. I do think the Vikings are smoke and mirrors. I don't think the Raiders or Bengals are, are even all that great. Like they I know that they quote unquote have like the hardest schedule in the league, so to speak, but mm-hmm. that's because they play the Bills twice. And the Dolphins yeah. are the Jets, and the Vikings are have that inflated record. Like, yeah, I think that's a lot of it. I, six and two is going to be tough, and I agree. I think it's hard. It's hard to change without Josh Allen. They they might split that. I think you could possibly give them the you know the win in Gillette, maybe, and then you go from there. I, it's six and two out of that's tough, but I I guess it's not it's not out of the question. No, it's it's not, and that's and it's kind of what I what I hate here is that like it makes me more mad that they lost to the Packers and the Bears because like if they were sitting at seven and two, we could give them a th- another loss in this back half of the season, and they'd be fine. Like that, this is a team that that really, as much as as much as we shat on them the rest of this podcast, like they they have their own path in front of them. Like they they make their own destiny here. If they win the games in front of them, then they're they're in. The, the truth of the matter is is that the, this team is going to go as the offense goes, though. And if they don't find a way to get Mac back on track, and first of all, let, let, you know what? Let me let me finish this thought, and then we'll get to the other thought that I have, which I really okay. want to argue about. If they do not get Mac back on track, and yes, I know it's a bunch of rhymes, but if it doesn't happen, they're not going anywhere. They could make the playoffs, they'll get blown out 40 to nothing again. Like, it... 
this team is going nowhere if Matt cannot put up 250 yards a game in his sleep. Like, it's just, this is the NFL. And I understand that a lot of what's happening right now, like, you know, you look at what the what the guys who watch a little shitload of tape are saying, and, and the big thing across the league is a lot of the cover two deep shell type of defenses where they're, they're cutting off all those deep passes that everybody was lighting up over. You know, so the only people it works for now is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I, I get that, but at the same time, like, that should be playing into Max Wheelhouse. Like, that should be, because that that's where Brady lived for 10, 15 years. Yep. Dink and dunk, find the soft spot in the zone. Because you remember when, when Brady was coming up, you know, that early part of the Patriots dynasty, and everybody was running that Tampa 2 bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly, like, it's the, it's the same thing. It's not quite the same thing that they're running today, but, like, you know, because the, the defenses today drop the safeties further than, than Tampa and Indy ever did. But it's the same thing. It's those cover It's those cover two shells. You know, you got the, the corners cover the outside, the safeties cover it up top, the linebackers are all f- fast enough to cover the middle of the field, and you just, you rush for and, and try to get to the passer that way, and you run stunts instead of the blitzes. Right? If they if they get the offensive line fixed, and by fixed I mean like they just have some competence. I Yadni Kajust was out there and looked decent. He did he did not look like he had his head up his ass. I'll give him that. Um, I mean it's it's a lot, but if they get the offense on track, this is a team that might actually be able to win a playoff game somehow. Yeah, I I think they they will live and die as Mac Jones goes, and that's sort of excluding how the offensive line goes and that's that's a big that's a big thing to exclude I'm not I'm not you know downplaying it at all but I I expected or or had hoped that Mac Jones would take that like second year leap and he hasn't yet I think it's a possibility um I think you know one thing I didn't touch on too much but I do wonder if (laughs) Matt Patricia's trying to sabotage him a little bit but we won't get into that <laughs> if you the think coaching... Matt Patricia's trying to sabotage him because he's a first round pick and Matt Patricia needs to prove how smart he is by making Zappy the quarterback of the future. I, from what I've read about reporters, is that uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia prefer Bailey Zappy because he is a, a yes sir, no sir type of guy and just takes what they give him. And Greg Bedard had a breakdown where he said something like they gave Bailey Zappy much more. I'm trying to think how he worded it. Just they put him in a better situation play calling wise, so it's a bit of a conspiracy theory and a bit of a stretch. But if it were true, I would believe it. I mean, the idea that they would call plays worse because Mac Jones is in the game just to somehow get Zappy on the field is pure and utter stupidity. The problem is that based on how Judge and Patricia went in their last head coaching tenures. It makes sense because they're fucking morons. So yep. I, I mean, I don't actually think that's true. And and I, I did want to talk about Zappy because he came in and played admirably. Let's put it that way. Agreed. Um, if you are out here trying to tell me that Bailey Zappy is the quarterback of the future for the New England Patriots, I do not value your opinion on football. The kid is a fourth round spread quarterback. He is a project at best. He is basically Jared Stidham with with tape. Like that's that's his whole thing here. He had a, he came in, had a couple of games where he made some real easy throws. But do you want to know what a real NFL quarterback would have done to the Lions? Real NFL quarterback would have put up 50 on him that day because they couldn't stop a fart. 
<laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. Bailey Zappi did great as a backup, and that's what I think his career is going to be, a fine backup. I, I think anyone who wants him to be the starter, I just think you're wrong. I, I just... His ceiling is so much lower than what Max is. And if you're going to give up on Mac now for Bailey Zappi, I just think you're throwing away, like, a chance at a good quarterback. You invested a first-round pick in Mac Jones for a reason. Truth be told, like, this is the year you wanted him to make the leap. If he doesn't play... If he if he doesn't play next year at the level he needs to, then you decline the fifth-year option. You look at getting yourself a new quarterback. Like, that's, that's really... Like, that's the development cycle here. They picked a quarterback in the first round. They... You need to give him three years because... Really, like if you don't give a, if you don't give a quarterback at least like thirty to forty games to really like improve, get better, and make the and make the effort, then you're not actually like investing the time and, and money into the quarterback that the, that you need. So, I, I get the people who are not happy with Max play this year. I honestly agree. Like Mac has not played well. I think that of the unholy trifecta of shitty coaching, shitty offensive line play, and shitty quarterback play. I think Mac is the least responsible for the Patriots' woes of those three. Like, I think the shitty coaching is the problem. I think it's reflecting even more in the offensive line. And nobody can play quarterback behind the offensive line that the Patriots are putting out there right now. Absolutely nobody. Tom Brady in his prime would have punched somebody for this. Yeah, I I completely agree. That Mac Jones ha- deserves some of the blame. Um, he doesn't look like he, he does has taken that leap. But this is not all on him. No, he yeah. hasn't. And I, I, he has been set up to play well. And I just, you know, we, we've talked about all the different reasons why. And it's just, he he needs some help if he's going to take that leap. And so far, he hasn't gotten it. Well, he, he, the guys need to be schemed open, too. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Matt Patricia is out here calling, like, a JV college offense. And the modern NFL runs things differently. Like, you have to run pick routes, rub routes, like, you have to run, you know, spread concepts, like, you know, you, and, like, there's, there's one Pats reporter, Evan Lazar, who now, like, works for the team, but he's, he's pretty good about not being, you know, a mouthpiece, but he's one of, he's one of those guys that watches all the film, and he basically nerdgasmed on the Patriots radio show the other day, because they finally ran, um, they finally ran a leak concept, where, you know, like, they just, they get, the entire defense going one way, get three guys going one way, and then run another guy the other way. It's like the simplest concept in the in spread football, but it got the Patriots a touchdown on fourth down. And you, and honestly, you would have thought that Evan just like creamed his pants. <laughs> Doesn't take much, I guess. No, I mean no, but that's the whole thing. The bar is yeah. so low. Like, no, like, I mean, it, this won't happen. But if they announce they sign Frank Reich tomorrow to be the offensive coordinator, I would have a, I would, I would get a semi at that. Yeah, I, I would be more than okay with that. Like, have you seen what Frank Reich has done in the last five years with a revolving door of quarterbacks that's, that got him fired? Like, it, I, those woes in Indy were not his fault. No, no, I don't think so. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when, it, when in doubt, we can always point to the Colts as, you know, being stupid. <laughs> yeah, that, that at least there's one constant there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man, did you did you catch any of Jim Irsay's press conference? Uh, which one? The, it was like today, I think. It was either today or yesterday when he was trying to go on about how uh, they were in the upper quartile of the upper quartile of oh, the NFL Jesus. or some shit. <laughs> Dude, your team sucks. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, he, yeah, he's just like, well, we're we're the, we're like a fourth best team since 2000. And it's like, 
That was 20 years ago. You got people on your team that weren't even fucking born then. Is that going to be the next banner that they put up? <laughs> Is that the fourth best <laughs> That was the top, com- the top reply on Twitter was, so you know, in the, in the top quartile of the top quartile of NFL teams <laughs> since Jesus. 2000. It, and I, I wanted to give him credit, too, because he called. He was, like, one of the first and only owners to call out Dan Snyder for what deservedly, like, needed to be called out for. But he's still Jim Mersey. <laughs> yeah, he's he's still a moron. But you know what? Yeah. Even a broken moron's right twice a day. Yeah, basically billionaires suck. I think that's that's probably a good thing to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Although, you know, the the one thing I see, you know, tossed around on Reddit is that you know Jeff Bezos is going to go and uh, buy the Washington commies and change the name to the Washington Primes. Which, no, oh, Jesus. I mean, if if Washington cha- if Washington changes their logo to Optimus Prime, I'm just saying that I I might have to be a Washington fan for a bit. Yeah, I, I would probably own one of their jerseys. <laughs> I, w- I would root for Transformers, I, just just to be clear. And then oh, yeah, we can that- call the Giants the Decepticons, or the Cowboys even, and, you know, like it, it, just, it just works. It, it just itself. works. So before we get on a Transformers spree... Because <laughs> <laughs> we will. Because we definitely will. Uh, so, yeah. My name is Danny. And I'm Donnie. And this has been a Mega Bros Podcast.